Welcome to The Great People Show, your guide to greatness, your GPS to excellence. Here's your host, J.J. White. Hi, everyone, and welcome to The Great People Show. I'm Jack. I'm J.J. White, your host, here in The Great People Studio with me is a guest co-host. I have no idea where James is. He just went AWOL on me. I hope he's okay. He's on some secret mission. What? Let's not care about that right now, though, at least for the next 50 minutes, because you're here with us. Welcome back to the studio, a friend of the show, a great contributor, known by no, no other name other than just Yetta. Awesome. I'm so How glad to be here with you, JJ. You're in good spirits this morning. I am. I feel great. Is it because you entered the great people studio? Is it is. It's actually because I'm in your presence. Oh, I'm picking up your energy here. and the vibe and I'm feeling good. I just want you to remember, you don't get paid for this. And there's no <laughs> extra comp for saying nice things. I just want to clarify that. So, you know, what's really cool. What's I would do all of this all the time for free because you know, that's how much I love it. It's interesting. I'm a huge Gary Vee fan. And he said the other day, he gets paid $150,000 for a keynote. But he also said, you know what? I'll speak for free. Yeah. Because if it's something that just is important enough to him and triggers him, he'll do it for free. I yeah. think we've kind of lost that in society where we feel like we need to get comped for so many things and everything. I completely agree. I just did a, I just, I drove a long ways to be with a client the other night. And you know, we never talked about how much he was going to pay me to be there. He just asked me to come. We talked about doing it. I almost felt a little weird. Like, I wonder if he thinks I'm going to do this for free. I just, it entered my mind, but I got rid of it because, and then at the end he goes, man, just send me an invoice. Yeah. You know, I never went into that thinking I needed to get paid for this. And yeah. it's just amazing to be in the zone of life. Where exactly. you don't have to get paid for things. And we're going to talk a little bit about that because oftentimes we pull ourselves out of the zone mm -hmm. because we are our, our own worst critic. But before we get to that, I just want to thank everyone for being here. Uh, every, every show we deliver to you, the listener, the insights and inspiration for life of significance. There are a million things that get in the way of our significance in life. And that's what we address on the show every single time we're here. And I have some really big news about our show. I, I don't like to talk too much about us. I, I prefer just to talk uh, to you, about you, with you. We love when callers call the show. I, I can't help myself because we've got some big things. Yesterday, we were approved. Our show is now on Spotify. What? Which I think is the largest streaming um, uh, audio up. streaming service in serious? the world right now. Yeah. So if you are a Spotify listener, just go and search for Great People Show, hit the little heart, and you'll start to get our show every week JJ, on your congratulations. Spotify app. Very excited about that. I Spot remember when this talk show was just an idea. Now, really? Now I mean, look at where we, you're— We're turning into a real thing here. I know. And here's something else that's happened. June was our biggest listenership month we've ever had, and something has happened. I don't know what it is, I, other than the fact that we just keep showing up, and maybe that's, that's what it is in life, is just to keep showing up. As of this morning— we matched June's numbers. That's incredible. So you know, we are, wait a minute. I think maybe because they knew I was coming. Uh, well, that's it. Wouldn't that be like how we continue? <laughs> I, don't, I don't. I don't know. Maybe they were just wondering: Is this the show? No, dang on. This isn't. Well, I'll listen anyway. Right. So we will probably over double our June numbers. We've never done anything like this before. That's we, incredible. We've kind of we've, we've kind of hit a, a stride. Also, yesterday our new website launched. So go check it out. It's greatpeopleshow.com. Um, from, our, from our friends and our partners at Madison and Maine here in Richmond who did a marvelous job with it. Dave Saunders, the owner, they just did a, a, a bang-up job. Uh, Haley and the team there just absolutely crushed it. Chris, our graphic designer, she, she, just, she just did it, right? And I'm going to give a teaser for something really 
just I've been working on for such a long time that's coming in August. We have been a weekly show, one-hour weekly show here on the radio. When you get it on the podcast, it turns into about 40 minutes or so. And I have had this desire and part of the vision to deliver content to our listeners in some way every single day. So next month, we are launching something called the Great People Minute, which will be a daily show. Right now, it's only going to be three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, Fridays. It's going to come out at 5 a.m. so that you can launch your podcast player, turn on your Alexa and say, hey, Alexa, play the Great People Minute, whatever you want to say. And for one minute, we're going to give you something that's just going to launch you into the rest of your day. And uh, eventually that. that's going to be every day. And I have another idea I'm working on so that we can just keep delivering to you the content and the things that, um, that you tell us that help you, help you live a better life in general. And I know that's sometimes a cliche, um, but, you but, know, that, but that's actually what everybody's trying to do. We're all in the pursuit of happiness, yeah. all of us. And, yeah. and everything we can do to live a better life is, I mean, you're, you're making the world a better place by doing all of this, JJ. And, and you've, you've joined the journey here today and it's been a while. We've actually added a whole lot of listeners since you've last been on the show. So Tell us a little bit about yourself in 15 seconds or less. No, I'm just kidding. I only get 15 seconds, JJ? No, you can go longer than that. Gosh, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that I'm really passionate about, but the thing that I think I'm the most passionate about in my life is helping people to grow and evolve. And it's been a personal journey for myself. You and I have talked a lot about this. Those of us who go into this business and this industry have our own personal challenges. And as we learn to grow and evolve as individuals and leaders, we actually then get inspired to want to help others to come along on that journey. Mm-hmm. So I'm really excited that we're talking about the inner critic and perfectionism today because it's been something I've certainly challenged myself to learn how to identify and overcome through my career. And so as I do a lot of consulting and coaching now, I really work in that consciousness space, which is just another word for awareness. Yeah. Once we become aware of something, then we can figure out what do we do with it? Is it serving us? Is it not serving us? And, uh, and I do think can I, it's... Can I ask something real quick? Yeah. Don't you think we hide a lot of stuff from ourselves? Oh, absolutely. We have a shadow self aware. for sure. It's Yeah, it's called our shadow, shadow self. shadow self. Yeah. It is absolutely... Now, where did yeah. that come from? Carl did Young. You make, no, oh, Carl okay. Young. That's, right. a, that's a real term. It's, it's actually called the shadow self. So we have that a shadow. Scary. And it's stuff Good. that we've uh, we've kind of tucked away that we don't want to see. Dang. And it's it kind of... freaking me out it's, it's where the inner critic gets born, JJ. Where so Yeah. And, you know, so let's call it another word, ego. It's the same thing. Oh, we know it's that It's kind of back well. there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we all do. So this is a great topic. So for me, I just love that I help people do this. And you know what? I couldn't help people do this if I didn't struggle with it myself. And mm. I think it's really funny that you asked me, gosh, months ago about coming in in the end of July to do this talk. Yep. And then we got our dates kind of wonky and my trip got <laughs> cut early. I was just, just I'm, sp- I'm actually still supposed to be in Europe, but I got yeah. really sick came home on an emergency flight. So here's the deal. So when you asked me about this topic, about perfectionism and inner critic, I was going to kind of go straight book on you. And then (laughs) it's really funny, like really book knowledge. And then life threw me this curveball recently where I literally kind of got plunged into the depths of this inner critic and perfectionism and my own personal life. And you know what? So back to what I do, I take my own personal life experiences and try to help other people. That's what we do here on the show. Literally. That's, that's the way this works. Why nobody's, make stuff up? Nobody's perfect. No. And I think we no. got to start to have that conversation. And, and you know, it is about um, listening. What voice are we listening to? Yeah. And we're going to talk about that today. And I, I, I dug this quote up from someone by the name of Margarita Tartakovsky. I literally just used it because I wanted to try to say this person's last name. For many of us, self-criticism is just the way we talk to ourselves. Literally, it's just the way we talk to ourselves. Our inner dialogue regularly sounds like this. I can't do anything right. I look horrible. What's wrong with me? I'm such an idiot. Now, 
and this is part of this whole hiding it from ourselves. 90% of you just said to yourself in your head, oh, I don't say those things to myself. Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah. You're tricking yourself. You're deceiving yourself into believing that you don't even say those kind of things to yourself. But we don't even notice second by second our self-talk. We, that's that's we, where the awareness so comes in. Yes. Used to it. We, yes. And, and you can't say you don't listen to yourself whenever. Well, if, I'm, if I can't even remember what I'm saying to myself, I'm clearly not listening. Oh, no. You are crafting your life's story with your self-talk that you're not even paying attention to. Yeah. That's what's scary. So did you know in any given second, we have millions of thoughts that are going through our head and our brain only consciously is aware of about 40. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. Well, today we're talking about the critical self, the self-criticism, the way we talk to ourselves, the way we beat ourselves. Here with guest co-host Yetta. Don't go away. You're listening to The Great People Show. The Great People Show will be right back. Call into the show at 804-454-1366. Now back to The Great People Show live. Call into the studio at 804-454-1366. That's 804-454-1366. So why are we so self-critical? Oh, that's a great question. Why? Yeah. Is it anatomical? Is it physiological? Do we just love do we just love negativity so much that we just have to bring it into our life? Now, I don't think that we love negativity so much we have to bring it into our lives. Honestly, we're patterned with with uh, self-criticism. Think about that. We are how, we are patterned at a really young age. Anything like any in, in your interactions with the adults who are around you, yeah, think about this. Keeping us in the guardrails, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. we we are think about the way you were raised, the way you were mm-hmm. parented. How many times in your life, JJ, when you were in a situation as a child where you misbehaved or you did something wrong, did your parents say, Oh, honey, that's okay. I love you simply because you exist and you matter no matter what you do. And you don't no. have to earn or be anything other than who you are in order to be loved. Never. Thank you. Who does? Nobody. Yeah. And so we're in this, I think, really exciting time in, in our, our world where we're starting to raise children more that way. The millennials have been raised more that way than any kids on the planet, I believe. Yeah. We're, we're now becoming aware of, I mean, think about it. They get trophies for just showing up for crying out loud. So, well, there's something to be said about this because uh, I was listening to a podcast on the way into the studio today, and they were talking about millennials, and they didn't talk about this part of it, but my opinion, this has been the driver— um, this has been the driver for, uh, I don't know, maybe a 20, a 15, 20-year gap. There has not really been adversity in life. People have had personal adversities, loss of family members, uh, failures, things of that nature. But in a society in general, we have not really experienced such deep adversity that we have things to be that negative about personally in our head. Mm-hmm. Like when I grew up, uh, I grew up during the um, oil crisis in the late 70s. So, you know, there was a big economic downturn then and uh, the threat of nuclear war with Russia through the early 80s and all these other things. I mean, there really hasn't been anything in the world that's really screwed around with people's minds for them to feel like we need to uh, protect ourselves and things aren't going to go our way. It's like millennials, if you want to paint it with a big brush, have just had this really kind of a clear runway. Other than personal problems, just a clear runway in life. 
Yeah, but you know what the difference is with the millennials have access to? They have access to information moment by moment on a daily basis with all the social media and the technological connections that you and I didn't have back Mm -hmm, in the 70s. So we saw these big blips on the radar when we sat down and watched the news or we heard, you know, our family members or our communities talk about these big issues in the world. These kids are getting hit day by day, moment by moment of millions of tragic smaller things and ongoing. So they're kind of so aware of it that their empathy has gone down because they're not in a place where they've got these big, huge things. And they've also got a different type of world that they're growing up in where they want to be connected. And they're a much more social group than we were. So we go back to the the parenting, to the conversation. I mean, there are literally times where I've looked at my son and literally said, honey, you don't have to do or be anything other than who you are. Yeah, your son's a millennial. Yeah. Is he he a millennial or is he already in the next generation? He's a a millennial. Okay. Yeah. So my point is, though, the contrast, no one ever spoke to me like that as as a parent. No. But I wanted to raise him differently because I wanted him to understand that you matter simply because you exist. Yeah. And that inner critic, so back to what we were talking about. So the inner critic's whole role is to make you... Like to to create some several level of self control that says something's wrong with you and mm-hmm. you need to do something or fix something or be better in order to achieve whatever it is you want in life. So and so this gets to one of the I think major pivot points of this entire topic. I found something called the levels of self criticism scale. Yes. By Thomas, I'm sorry, Thompson and Zuroff uh, back in 2004. Did you know about this? Yes. I did. Okay. Of course. Of course, you knew about this. <laughs> I even ask. Um, talk to, there's two levels of criticism. There's comparative self-criticism and internalized self-criticism. And it is what it pretty much sounds like. Comparative self-criticism is looking outside yourself and saying, oh, she's skinnier than I am. Mm-hmm. Or she has, or he has, um, he has a nicer house than I have. Or and he is, uh, or, or is she, she handles herself so much under pressure. I just, I, I wish I could. So, so that actually manifests into being critical of yourself because someone else has something that you don't have. They do something you don't yes. do. Or and you think if you get what they you have, you'll have what they have. And yeah. the truth is that's actually not true. And it's and it's social media propaganda yeah. at this point, right? Yeah. And then the other one is internalized self-criticism, which I think is where you were heading with that comment. It's uh, looking, it's competing with ourself. It's yes. looking at ourselves so saying, I don't like when I feel that way. Mm-hmm. I don't like it when I say those kind of things, or I wish I would do this, or I wish I would have that without really ever looking outside yourself. You're literally just, it's an internal desire to be a certain way or to have a certain thing. And I th- I don't even know how much time we need to spend on this comparative one. I mean, it's the comparative it's, it's one crap. is everybody knows about everybody it. I think knows. it's the inner one that wrecks Absolutely. us. And actually, I wrote something down when we were talking about this uh, this week, JJ. And I wrote down the inner critic believes self criticism will make us better or more lovable or even liberate us from suffering. But again, this is displaced and unproductive because it takes the energy and the attention away from helping us to connect with love, and it creates a separation, and, literally. And I and that's think, why people are so exhausted. They're constantly absolutely. in this self-criticism in their head. Instead of turning and wanting to connect, they're they're hearing that voice, which has all been programmed. I mean, think about yep. it. I, I can think about for me, and you and I have talked about this for my own personal childhood, not growing up in a very healthy house that was really dysfunctional and, and damaging at many levels. There was this constant just this program beat into me. I mean, literally, I was called stupid. Mm. Literally, that was my name. I was called stupid. I mean, that was, so I had, a, I had a male role model in my life who just constantly said, what are you, stupid? So, Stop doing so, that stupid. And that programs people. Yeah, so 
what self-criticism could you identify even more recently as an adult oh, I that could you tell haven't you, been able to get through? So I could tell you this, and you know this journey too, but I mean, I dropped out of high school when I was 16. I really thought I was stupid. I really, I've mm-hmm. struggled my entire life and it's not because I really believe I'm stupid. It's because there's just been this tape playing for so long. So, so my adult yeah, journey so, was, I need and to. we're not even talking about self-criticism anymore because at this point you have truly believed this is exactly yes. who you are. I think, yes. I think we're at least one level over that where we do believe we aren't stupid but for some reason, something keeps creeping into our life yes. that makes us think we're stupid. So then the self-criticism comes and in just, and there's a war. It's it triggers, literally, there's it a war triggers, yes. of something like we're, we're telling ourselves we are, but there's evidence that we aren't. In that example, you had no evidence left in your life that yeah. you weren't. Yeah. So that, I mean, that's a whole other level of, yeah. of, of living. We, I think our listeners right now are, because I do this, I battle things where I have absolute proof that I have uh, capabilities, I have gifts, I have talents, um, I'm, I'm told things, but for some reason, I want to like just flip that switch so the trapdoor falls, so that I walk through it, so that I can believe I'm not that way. Yes. And, and, and I'm going to take it one step back. We need to figure this out on the show. Where is the line between self-criticism, this internalized self-criticism, being something that propels us forward to be better, to achieve something, to have success. And in the other side of that line, we're, we're doing it to self-sabotage ourselves. It's hurting us. It's destroying ourselves. Yes. Because I asked, a question, I asked myself a question, is self-criticism literally the most destructive thing we can do to ourselves next to suicide? Like it is, yes. is it the I would most actually, I would actually agree with you. And to go back to your question to what you just said, where's the line? So there are two voices in our, in our head at all times. There's always two. That's, we talk about the ego. We talk about the higher self. You can call it the soul. You can call it your, your best and highest version of you, whatever you want. There are two voices that are going on. The inner critic is always going to self-sabotage you. Always, 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 always. You can't listen to the inner critic to propel you forward Mm -hmm. because the inner critic doesn't talk to you with loving kindness and compassion. Mm -hmm. It doesn't take you down a path that says, never, 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 never. When was the last time, okay, you're listening to the show right now. Ask yourself, when was the last time that this self-talk ever creeped in and said, hey, Bob, you're crushing it. Keep it up, buddy. You're yeah. amazing. Yeah. Like self-talk and you know what? never When you say that, that about yourself to yourself or even when you write affirmation statements out, I've had friends literally attack me and, and, and then call me being ego and arrogant because I'm saying I'm awesome. Yeah. I'm saying I'm awesome because I really am. We are all awesome. Well, but then I, the minute you get into that talk, then people will, will latch onto that. So it's like you're, you're going to lose no matter what. I asked the question earlier. I don't know where James Muncie is. James Muncie is one of the most awesome guys I've ever met. Who's James Muncie? Well, he's the co-host around here. He's the other guy in the Great People Studio. And and I was a little concerned earlier. Now that we're talking about awesome, maybe that was the trigger to rise James out from the secret mission he's on or whatever, because he's he's actually on the phone with us right now. J- James, oh, great. James, What's where, going on, James? where are you? Where are you? I, I am I am in an undisclosed location. I am legally prohibited oh. from telling you where I am right now. So so you so wait Is a minute. Is that you, you talking know, or your inner hold critic? On, hold on. I don't think there's a coincidence here that James all of a sudden dropped off the radar when boys got trapped in a cavern. With floodwaters, and literally hours after they rescued the last one, he just shows back up on the show like this. 
Wow. I will neither confirm nor deny <laughs> any of that, but let's just say that the food here is wonderful. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay, I'll take that. How as are a- the drinks? <laughs> what's What's the nightlife like? Uh, uh, it's it's great. I don't speak the language, but other than that, it's been really, really super. So, James, we miss you. We miss you around here. Um, it's 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 hot in in Richmond, uh, and I think it really sets a lot of people off into getting cranky. And when we get cranky, we start to say bad things to ourselves about ourselves. Yeah. So, yeah. so what do you what do you think about that? Well, you know, what I was thinking about this morning is when are we really the most critical of ourselves? And it occurred to me that. I think that a lot of us are actually, ironically, the most critical over the things that we're really the best at. Ooh. You know, you know, a, a model is I, I highly critical of their own looks a lot of the time. An athlete finishes the game and is highly critical of their own performance. You know, David Letterman was famous for when he was finished shooting a taping of The Late Show, he would go into a room, watch the show, and scream at himself wow. for an hour at how horrible this show and unfunny the show was. So it's easy. It's easy to say, well, we're critical for our looks. We're critical for, you know, the, the amount of money that we have, this, that, and the other. But if you really think about it, what a lot of us are the most critical of are the things that, that we are really the best at. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, James, I would agree with you. And by the way, we have you. like 10 seconds. Yeah, guys. I would agree with you that, and can we can we pick this back up on the break? Because I think what we're talking about is it's about perfectionism, and that's directly correlated to our inner critic. Yeah. Is that a C-130 out here in the background? What the heck is that noise? I, I can't talk about it. Oh, my gosh. Well, uh, don't go away, folks, because we are talking about the the nasty things we put in our heads. And I love what just James brought up is we may be beating ourselves up over the best parts yes. about us. And, and others do that do to that. us, too. Don't go away. The Great People Show will be right back. Call into the show at 804-454-1366. Now back to The Great People Show live. Call into the studio at 804-454-1366. That's 804-454-1366. James, your plane hasn't taken off, has it? No, but I may have to leave at any moment. So okay. Forgive me in advance. Well, if I hear a door open up and a loud wind noise and then just a go sound signal, then I think we know what's going on. Yeah. And a lot of yeah. screaming. Well, maybe not. I mean, usually that's <laughs> the exciting part. So, uh, Yetta, you, you, you wanted to pick up on something that James said right before we went to break. Yeah, so I think this is really important and it's a great lead in. So, perfectionism is directly connected to our inner critic. And, and the reason is because it, what supports perfectionism is, perfectionism is the notion that with superior self-control, we can sustain a perfect life. And so, James, what you said is right. When we get accolades and affirmation and praise for what we're really good at, we want to cling to that and hold on to it more. So we want to become even better at it because we, be, we build an identity around it. And when it gets threatened, if anything comes in and can threaten what we're good at, we absolutely can go into a tailspin of panic thinking it might go away and then who are we or what what value do we have? So the inner critic really can click in very fast and then get hyper-focused on and really obsess and analyze mm-hmm. around all of the details of like what you said, James, your looks, your work, your whatever you're doing. And one person can say one thing and completely get you off the rails. And when I, what, what we're trying to answer, James, is where's the line? between this, what you just described, especially with the Letterman example. Yeah. Where's the line between this helping you 
or propelling you more towards success and where it actually becomes a, a prohibitor, clearly with Dave Letterman. Well, you know, from the outside, I'd say maybe, maybe it was a limiter. Maybe not. Did, he, did we lose James? Yeah, I think we did. I think we did. Gosh. Well, you know, it's, it's he, interesting. He had, he had, he had, a, he, he had to go quickly. Must, yeah, the door yeah, must have opened. Something so happened So something there. else Dang that it. he mentioned about athletes, and JJ, you know this, my son's a college athlete on scholarship for baseball, and he is, I, I, it's interesting, we actually, do you know this, we can actually judge people and actually make them feel bad for being critical of themselves. I even remember as a parent oh, of course we do. telling oh my, my son, stop being oh, so hard on yourself and then me, making me, him feel bad about oh. Pursuing his his excellence. So Ike um, Ike is nine now. Just turned nine a couple months ago, and he is he is always so self critical of himself. Yetta, like he says some really bad things about himself, and it's always in a moment of frustration. It's whenever because uh, we we he was diagnosed with a little bit of dyslexia, so he's had tough yeah. times you know, reading. Keith, same thing, yeah. And uh, he you know he loves gaming. So when he's, he's, he's not really good at something yet, he gets killed real quick in a game. And then he starts to say things like, oh, I'm the, I'm the worst at this or I'm horrible. I look, especially in the line of work that I'm in, I'm jumping in all over that. Yeah. And I come in from a very aggressive point of view. I'm just like, never, ever, ever say that about yourself. And yeah. I'm trying to reason with, and this started when he was like six or something, you know, I'm trying to reason with a six, seven, eight, nine year old and an adult level, and I know I'm not. I know I can't reason with that that child that is so self critical of themselves. I'm absolutely not going to let it go. Yeah, I, I'm going to try to I'm going to try to parent and coach and and nurture him. Um, maybe it's better to talk to him about these things when he's not emotionally frustrated. Well, over things. you actually bring up a really good point about parenting, and so the way we talk to our children is really how we should be talking to our inner critic. And mm. think about that. So when we go to our children, if your son says, I'm not good at something, you might meet it with a little bit of aggression from a place of loving kindness and compassion. But at the core of what you're doing and saying to him is that it doesn't really matter what you are or are not good at. Daddy still loves you. It's yep. the same thing I've, I've said to my son. It doesn't matter if you're great, great at baseball response. or not. Mom still loves you. And so when we, when we hear it in our own head, when we hear that, why did I say that? Um, why did he treat me that way? Mm-hmm. You know, why did she do that? And you feel disrespected or you feel hurt, and especially in personal relationships. It's, you know what, it's natural to want to mm-hmm. attack yourself. But really, it's, that's, that's the point where you turn and you start parenting yourself and you say, you know what, it's actually understandable that you would feel hurt and, um, and rejected or dismissed or disrespected. That's yeah. a natural feeling. And you know what? You're okay, and it's okay to feel what you feel and mm-hmm. to be the way that you are in this moment. There's nothing wrong with you. When we went to social media this week on our research question and asked what areas are you most self-critical with yourself, it blew it away parenting Every, uh, Jody, Carla, Lauren, they, they, that was their number one answer. It's just being a parent. I think we get very critical of our abilities because there's well, so much responsibility we put on ourselves. Does this our go cho- back to what James said too? Yeah, it does too. And you know what though? I think it goes back to something even deeper. We believe our children are represent little like smaller representations of us out in the community. Mm -hmm. And the truth is it's really unhealthy for us to displace a lot of our downfalls and faults and, and things we wish we would have done as children onto our children. It happens a lot in parenting or if they misbehave, we think it's a direct reflection of who we are as parents. Yeah. And the truth is our Mm -hmm. children are individuals and really ultimately the whole goal of parenting and the whole goal of all relationships is to show people that they're loved and they matter. Why is it so hard for us to, say, not only am I doing the best I, I I can, I actually feel like I'm doing a pretty good job. In 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 the face of 
self-proclaimed failure on things. It's not common. We live in a world where 87% of the population live in lack, doubt, fear, shame, and blame. Yeah, true. So we are constantly surrounded by people. So when you're the person, and you know this about me, JJ, mm-hmm. if somebody does me wrong or I don't like something, I'll, I'm not going away quietly. What? I'm going to speak my mind. And you know what? No. For years, I battled with that, and I really struggled with it. And the truth the is, attack. but it's not really being on the attack. People, in my opinion, should be held accountable you know, for true. their behavior. And it's a, there's so now I'm getting better, and the more I go through it, getting better at being able to tell people, hey, you hurt me. This wasn't okay. And you know what? Then telling myself, this person hurt you, mm-hmm. and it's normal for you to be upset. And you know what? It's totally okay. There's nothing wrong with the yeah. way you're handling the situation, regardless of if it was perfect or not, because none of us are perfect. And you've become very self-aware of this over the years. And I believe most of our audience, and, and I would throw myself into that, aren't aren't fully aware of where we are damaging ourselves this way in this self-criticism. I found this, this interesting list on allrelationshipsmatter.com of some telltale signs that you are being too self-critical to yourself. And I just want to run through a few of these because this is a good thing to ask yourself or self-evaluate yourself and going, wow, maybe I'm too self-critical. Number one, have a hard time opening up to people. So a lot of times we don't open up to to people because we feel like we're opening ourselves up to criticism if we're opening up to people in in general. Mm -hmm. We just kind of keep things closed in. Um, If you're too eager to please or feel the need to be a giver. Now, all these are, are, are somewhat okay in moderation, but it's where we get to the point of what's driving those behaviors. Uh, if you take everything personally, Tracy and I, Tracy, um, get on hot mic here. We are yeah. having a really great conversation because um, you asked me, why is it so hard for people to take compliments? Right. Why did you ask me that question? Um, well, because I've, I feel like um, even in my own life, sometimes it's hard for me to accept a compliment. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. um, and doesn't this, and a lot of that goes this back get to the to root of... When, that's what we're talking about. When you're a kid, how many times did we get compliments as a kid? And how many times were we told you're beautiful, you're smart, you're, you're, you know, you're loved, you matter? Right. It's not normal vocabulary in most homes mm. that we raise our children that way. Mm-hmm. And so right. we don't know how to accept them as adults because we never received them as children. And, and Go ahead, Tracy. Well, I just wanted to share just a little quick personal experience. Sure. When, when I was a child, you know, I... People would always compliment me. Oh, your daughter is so beautiful and so kind. And my mom would always say, don't let that go to your head. See, there oh, you go. Oh, yeah. Boom. Don't let See? her fool you. There's right. the program right there. Mm-hmm. And so, negative seed so there. as soon as somebody now says it to you, you've got that old tape that you're probably not even consciously aware of yeah. that's constantly running in the background. And, right. and it is. So it's back to learning how to talk to ourselves with loving kindness and compassion first. Mm-hmm. And I think this is really important. And I love that we're talking about relationships. But, you know, we talked about this earlier, JJ. I think the other challenge around the inner critic, and I've heard this for years, people say, well, you can't love someone else unless you love yourself first. So if you don't love yourself first, you know, the truth is we all love ourselves. A lot. A lot. A lot. Tracy, do you and- love yourself? Some days I do. Uh, see, here we go. So <laughs> but I think, but I think your, your best, highest self, your soul always knows what to do. And so we do love ourselves. And, you know, it's those of us who love others so much that we forgive them no matter what. Mm-hmm. That's not actually a bad character trait. It's just not common. I have a, I have a thought-provoking question. If, we, if you didn't love yourself so much, then why haven't you bothered to change much about you? You must love yourself so much that you don't want to really change anything about you because you love yourself just the way you are. And I think we love ourselves deeply when we are being very, very hard on ourselves. It's it's like a refreshing feeling 
Yeah. It, and, and it's really weird to think of it that way. But I, I really believe there's a lot of truth rooted in that. Yeah. And I think you got to be careful, though, of not getting too far down into the analyzing because then the yeah. ego kicks in and then you're actually not loving yourself, but you're then borderline back on the perfectionism side. Mm-hmm. And the truth is, it's the people who are imperfect who need love the most. And also the people who hurt people need love the most. So those of us that do love ourselves. Hurt people hurt people. Exactly. And mm-hmm. so when we forgive, and a lot of people get attacked and they say, why are you forgiving this person? Why are, why are you still showing them love? And I'm, I'm not trying to take this down a religious path, but, you know, I, I have. Take it, girl. I, okay, here, I'm going I'm to bring it. You ready? Bring it. So I think the greatest representation of love is, is Jesus. Mm-hmm. And how many times did he forgive somebody? Mm-hmm. Every time. Did he ever say, I can't love you anymore because you hurt me and you did this? Mm-mm. No, I think we all innately have that love in us. And I think if we showed it more and we stopped criticizing people and saying, why do you let them treat you that way? That's actually not a sign that you don't love yourself. I think it's a sign you love yourself a lot because you give it to somebody freely, repeatedly with no end. I can't remember what we were you taught to commented do. on this yesterday. I posted on Facebook. I just finished reading The War of Art. Yes. Um, and in, in that book, it's one of the most transformational books that I've ever read. And the whole concept, the whole thing there is resistance. Yes, And he, he even takes a faith-based perspective of it, is that we were given every single emotion tool of just of pure love, but there's a natural resistance in the world that tries to pull us away from that. Now, yes. his perspective was um, creativity and art and how sitting down and writing, and we have this resistance to exercise our gift, but I think it applies anywhere in our life. Uh, and w- when we come back, I want to uh, talk a little bit more about these signs that there's a few more here that I think are important for us to identify. And yet you know, we need to, we need to answer this question before we leave the show is where's that line between self-criticism pushing us forward to, to our vision and in our gifts and, and why, what our significance is here on the world and the other side of the line where it just absolutely destroys us. Great. So don't go away. You're listening to the great people show. The Great People Show will be right back. Call into the show at 804-454-1366. Now back to The Great People Show live. Call into the studio at 804-454-1366. That's 804-454-1366. So how do you know if you're maybe being too critical of yourself? Here's five more. You rarely take time out and ignore your health because that was the number two thing we saw on social media. Most people are self-critical, not just about being a parent, but also self-image, weight, those types of things. And I believe the more critical you you are of yourself, the least likely you're going to actually do a lot of those things. I agree uh, because, completely. Because, I mean, and it makes you know, that's sense, my right? background. I've been in that things. industry. Yeah. yeah you, you if you're doing take it, care you're not gonna, yeah. If you are taking care of yourself, you're not going to be really critical because yeah. you said, well, heck, I went, to, I ran five miles of the day. Shut up, yep. self. Yep. Um, you're also highly critical of other people. So, uh, and I think this is also something that a lot of people don't self-recognize. It's just these little things that, that come out that ends up being... And I think there's a difference between being critical of other people and pointing out the truth about other people's behavior that actually is harmful or hurting you. We talked about this a couple weeks, a few weeks ago on unsolicited advice can be seen as being critical of other people. If you feel hopeless, unimportant or alone, there, uh, in my research for the show, I found so much research on how self-criticism is a root of depression or a sign of depression that these things go hand in hand, that there's yeah. there's mental disorders that come 
as and, a result of this. You know, this. JJ, what I want to add to that, we're dealing with a lot, and we heard a lot about depression and suicide in the news lately because people are being isolated and cut off. And I think it's important as a community that we support people and reach out to them because if they're feeling alone, left out, or excluded, yeah. that's a really lonely place that sometimes you need someone to actually reach down and pull you up out of that because you can get lost in your inner critic yeah. and believe that that's your only identity. Absolutely. And that's why a sense of community and inclusion is so important. Uh, two more. If you do not expect your needs to be met or you feel unworthy, you're probably too self-critical of yourself. And last but certainly not least, you feel overly obligated or overly guilty about, you know, your your child turning out a certain way or you're needing to take care of certain people. Mm-hmm. These are just all signs that you could be a little too self-critical. And yet you really challenged me and I forgot about it till just now and you gave me the answer to it. But I want to hear about this whole persona thing that you were coming up yeah, with. Yeah, so on- I... I- a lot of clients that ask me when I'm coaching about how to get to that place of self-acceptance and what do you do with that inner critic, there's a great example and exercise I have them do where we actually come up with a persona of their inner critic, literally, which is a, what's, if you could put a face, a voice, a wardrobe, literally around your inner critic, and I'm going (laughs) to, I'm going to give you mine because I want to ask you to be thinking about yours. What it does is it gives you the ability to then talk to your inner critic with an objective point of view, because then it becomes something that you can actually take out of your own head and uh-huh. actually see as a part of you, but you get to see it objectively. So here's what I have. A lot of people, I say, look, use either a, um, a Hollywood character or, or just, you know, somebody yeah. that you know that you can associate part of yourself with. So here's what my inner critic looks like. All right. So um, Angelina Jolie and Girl Interrupted, okay? It was before she became this, like, stunningly beautiful movie star. She was mm. just kind of this awkward teenage <laughs> kind of angry, jaded. Okay. And with a little dash of Audrey Hepburn at Breakfast at Tiffany's, who's kind of longing for love and got a lot of emotion, can really get dramatic. Okay. With a little splash of Shirley Temple that gets pouty and emotional and stomps off. <laughs> Okay. I like it. And so when, when I, now you got a picture of that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah so, absolutely. so now mm-hmm. when I feel that come up in me, I go, oh, here she comes again. There's the inner critic. And she's, you know, normally not in my best and highest good. Mm-hmm. And she, but here's the trick. The inner critic really thinks they're there to protect us. Oh, absolutely. And, and as that's a child, why we they, stay around. That's why we, and as that's a child, it's part of our in. psyche Every, that they did. Yep. But now that we're adults and have a higher level of consciousness, we're really supposed to say, honey, I'm okay, and yeah. I don't need you to step in on this what, one. And what you're saying is is so hard. It yeah. is so hard because we are so used to It's like being married to someone for, for 20 years. You just get used to everything about them. You get yeah. used to the rhythm, the routines, and it's the, the personalities. The we get used to this voice in our head. It's, yeah. like, it's literally like we are— uh, we are deceived. Yeah. And this needy part of us, this inner critic is trying, thinks it's trying to protect us, but mm-hmm. it's actually pushing us more into this self-preoccupation, not into a place of self-love. So when so I'm in personas. that space, it's back to the persona. So when okay. I'm in that space and I feel her come up and I'm ready to like put on a pair of tight jeans and heels and light a <laughs> cigarette and drive fast and listen to ACDC. Oh I know we are in trouble because then the the drama and then the weeping. And I mean, it's just a you-know-what show of a lot (laughs) of stuff. And I have to go, whoa, that's not— Yeah, that's not who I really am. It's just old, old programs. Mm -hmm. So who's? Let's think about this. Who's your persona when you you get that voice? That I just giggled because I think it it somewhat nailed it. I'd have to think more about this. Was Mater on Cars? Yes. 
<laughs> why yeah, did that, you come up with Mater for me? You know why me? I came up with Mater for you? And I can think of a, a couple of other comedians that come up for me with you because you 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 do, you have, a, I, I do know you I've pretty well. I've always been a jokester. You've always been a jokester. Mm-hmm. But I think sometimes your jokester can actually, and your sarcasm can actually mm-hmm. be a little bit of self-criticism no for yourself. No doubt about it. Yeah, I've, and so just mm-hmm. because you make it funny, and there's a little bit, let's be honest, you you got a little bit of redneck in you, which I oh, love. And, and I'm trying to let it come. When, you know, when you're, I talk about buying a camouflage this, Sam's going, what? You're probably the most cultured redneck I know. I'm trying, I'm I'm. So I'm I think you got a land. little bit of mater, but I think you yeah. got a couple of other dynamics in there as well that can really really beat you up. And I think if you, now that we've talked about this and you do this exercise, if you really create that persona and you really yeah. get an idea, the next time he pops up, you can kind of talk to him like he's your friend. So here's, here's an element about Mater. This is, I can't believe we're talking about a cartoon <laughs> character, Mater of Actually, all, Larry the Cable Guy. But it's Larry the Cable Guy, right? It's yeah. the guy who plays Mater, who's really the visual that comes and to we, mind And if for you me. know anything about that particular comedian, that yes. he is as far from redneck in it's, his real yes. life as you could so possibly you. get. But he, he plays it very well. Yes. Here's the thing that I've self-identified just in the last probably five minutes since you brought Mater into my life as a persona <laughs> is... Arguably, Mater is the star of that movie. Yes. He gets more attention. There's more toys. There's more personality. Yeah. Then even though he's not the star car, yeah. he is the star character. And I'm very critical. Uh, I've been in this this way for my, my Dale Carnegie practice for 18 years. I found myself being this way very much on the show is it can't be all about me. I can't Why be can't the star. It? But see, that's the self-critic that's coming what I'm talking in about. saying I shouldn't be. I don't want the spotlight, blah, blah, blah. And I've been talking to myself this way for 20 years because very much so, everybody in my life mostly would talk to me this way for the first 20 years of my life. So that's back to the programming. I grew up in a household where my dad worked for a railroad for 39 years. You go get a job, you work your butt off, you retire from that job. And I'm breaking all that mold to... To kind of be the star, I had a problem. I mean, look, you were on video if you're watching Facebook Live. My name is right there on the logo. I remember helping you come up with this, and we talked and, about and you need your name in the logo. You, cha- you were challenged with I that. I could not deal with that. I could not deal. Now, the marketing consultants literally said to me, at what point does it go from being the great people show to the J.J. White exactly. show? And I'm thinking... Helping y- you become y- great people. We ain't having so, that conversation. So, you know, you bring this up, and it's in, and I know we're, we're getting close to wrapping up, but it's a lot of people gave me a hard time for just switching to one name, and I got a lot of grief because people will project a lot of their insecurities and immaturity onto yes, us. absolutely. And then we, be, we then the inner critic begins to start to say and analyze, well, is that really true? And the truth is, when I went to one name, it wasn't about I thought I was some ego star, wanted to be some Hollywood star. It was about a journey of personal discovery to mm, me to arrive mm-hmm. at being me. I mm-hmm. had never just been Yetta. Talk yeah. about these these na- these labels for, you know, I'm 46 years old. My entire life, I was somebody something. The, a daughter, yeah. a wife, a, a mother. Like that way. And I thought, I had this really unique idea. I thought, what if I'm just Yetta? Yeah, what if just be me? Why can't I just be Yetta? And that was about me arriving at my own personal growth. And you know what? None of us are perfect. We've talked about that earlier. Yeah. And so for me, that journey was, I just wanted to be me. You don't have to understand it. And now I'm getting more and more clear about being able to speak my truth and find my voice. And if you don't like it, that's not my problem. That's your problem. So we need to answer this question. You yes, said at I the did. last break you yep. had the answer to our question. Okay. And here, let's reframe the question. Yeah. 
being critical of yourself, at what point does it drive you further, faster towards success, towards your significance? And at what point does it drag you down and just be the most destructive force in your life? All right. So I've got an answer for you. And I'm going to tell you, I want to read a little teeny excerpt from a book that I've been reading. And for you guys that are all on the show, this great book, the um, it's called Real Love, The Art of Mindful Connection by Sharon Salzberg. Okay, cool. It's absolutely amazing. Talks about this whole concept of the inner critic. But here's the deal. So I have a lot of clients who say, if I'm constantly practicing self-acceptance, aren't I just allowing myself to be lazy. And actually right. the key here is to practice self-acceptance, which is self-love, not listening to the inner critic, by recognizing the difference between when your inner critic takes you into self-preoccupation and away yes. from love. And I'm, I'm going to call time out unless you were done with no, it. That, that's the okay, answer to so that. So self-preoccupation. I've been, on this, I've been on this bandwagon here and this is where we really splinter. This show splinters from all the other stuff out there. The books, the classes, the, the, the videos, everything is about you, 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 yeah. you, the better you, the self, and you have yeah. to do this evaluation to see what's wrong with you, blah, blah, blah. And it has thrusted us into a selfish society. Oh, we are so addicted to our ourselves and, and personal and, development. And, and per, it's perfection. Yep. We perfectionism mm. is what personal development has become in the Western culture. Yep. So here's what I would say about this: if that critic is taking you into being totally absorbed with yourself and not what's in the best and highest and greatest good to serving something greater than yourself, it's not serving you. Mm-hmm. So the voice that takes you into a place of love, that takes you into a place of acceptance, that takes you into a place of connection, inclusion, that's all serving you and the greater good. But here's one thing I want to really quickly share that she talks about in the book. She says, the point is not to deny your mistakes, but if you keep rehearsing them, analyzing them and creating stories around them, you're simply reinforcing the pain and alienation they're already causing you. When you recognize and reflect on even one good thing about yourself, you're building a bridge to a place of kindness and caring. Standing in that place increases your ability to look honestly and directly at whatever is difficult and gives you the energy and courage to move forward. So let's drop a truth bomb here before we leave on today's show. I am I'm very close to a, not a state of perfection with this, but I have now accepted myself so much for who I am. Any mistake I make, any failure I have, I literally say, no big deal, wasn't meant to do it anyway. Me too. I have been given every single, you. You have been given every single thing that you need to do exactly what you're meant to do in this world. Your significance is already there. So all right? self-forgiveness. There's, there's self-forgiveness. Self-forgiveness. Anything and forgiveness in the past, for others. Yep. It's all crafted on who you are today. You have every you single thing you need to yep. do to completely fulfill your purpose in life. Done. Sealed. There's Absolutely. no more growth. There's no more things that are broken yep. that you need to fix. It's already there, folks. Thank you, Yetta, for being here on today's show. I'm super excited. You know, Dro- drop a quick truth yeah, bomb. Here's my truth bomb. We don't get what we think we deserve. We get what we believe. Absolutely. And if we believe we have everything we need and that we are whole and complete and we matter simply because we exist, that's what we will get. From Daniel Mead, if you would grow to your best self, be patient, not demanding, accepting, not condemning, nurturing, not withholding, self-marveling, not belittling, gently guiding, not pushing and punishing. See you next week, folks. Absolutely. Awesome. Great job, JJ. You're the man. Thanks for joining us. Tune in to The Great People Show again next week, Thursdays, 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Some superheroes.